James Harden has finally been traded, and it was to the Clippers. We're going to give our thoughts on the Sixers, the Clippers, where they stack up in their conferences. We're going to be talking the Nuggets and Celtics. Are they unbeatable, or are the Clippers now coming for the throne? You know, some Brazilian NBA bank accounts and a lot more. Let's get a tech. We had a late night Woj bomb. We did. I woke up to it. Um, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween to everyone in the NBA land. Can you can you tell my um my Halloween costume? <laughs> You're a cat. I'm a cat. I'm a cat. <laughs> cat and cat. Inspired by the Brazilian. Um, that is such an unfortunate jersey own. Y- y- you know, <laughs> I thought it was kind of funny. It's like the one of the more cursed eras of Timberwolves basketball. Um, basketball. Yeah. So why not? Why not sport it all the time? It's my only Timberwolves jersey, believe it or not. I don't own a Timberwolves jersey. I think I might own a jersey from over half the teams, but they're not one of them. But I got. I guess I'll fix that. I'll get an ant jersey. All right, we're burying the lead. Yeah, James Harden was traded today. Yeah. Well, you mean P.J. Tucker was traded today. P.J. Tucker, <laughs> Robert Covington is having a return to Philadelphia. Yeah, so I'm going to recap the trade. So the Clippers, they get the simple side of the trade. They are getting James Harden, P.J. Tucker, and Philip Petrusev. I definitely butchered that, but that, you know who I'm talking pretty, about. You did pretty good. Philadelphia receives Marcus Morris, Robert Covington, Nick Batum, KJ Martin, a protected Thunder 2026 pick, a 2028 unprotected first round pick, a 2029 pick swap, and second round picks in 2029 and 2024. So where do you want to start? Do you want to start in LA? Do you want to start in Philadelphia? What what was your first reaction when you saw the trade? So, you know, as always with Woj bombs these days, it's kind of annoying because you get the James Harden was traded tweet, and then you're like, okay, that doesn't really mean anything until I know what the trade is. And then I spend like 10 minutes actually trying to find the trade. So it's kind of hard to have instant reactions nowadays. Well, you woke up to the trade. I did wake up to the trade. I was awake when the initial Woj bomb hit. And it was just like, James Harden has been traded. And then nothing Nothing. for like 25 minutes. And everyone on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, is like, okay okay did Woj just go to bed (laughs) or like what is going on and it was even um on the ESPN trade machine they put James Harden on the Clippers but nothing else had happened yet yeah so I guess I guess I'm a little confused I guess let's start with the Clippers I think we've talked to Sixers quite a bit on this pod for the first you know two weeks of the season um so right now I have the Clippers starting lineup is Russ Harden, George Kawhi Zubach. I I don't like that lineup. Last time Russ and Harden were together, the they literally couldn't have a center on the team. Um, so what 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 don't you like about it? How how doesn't it work for you? What I don't like about it is obviously Russ is a non-shooter. What I don't like is Harden, we've seen in Philly, is reluctant to be a catch and shooter. He doesn't really like to shoot off the catch that much. So what don't you like about the Russ Harden fit in the backcourt together? Obviously, we've seen it twice before. Yeah. So, well, the OKC version would be great. What I don't really like is like Russ is kind of a non-shooter. Obviously, he will take three pointers. But for the Clippers, you really don't want Russ taking a lot of threes. So then you got Harden. Obviously, Harden is a great he's a great three point shooter, but he's kind of reluctant to do catch and shoot. He likes to shoot off the dribble. He is kind of one side of the court dominant in the way he likes to operate. 
Last time we did see Harden in a setting with two superstar wings, um, he looked like an MVP. I'm just, I don't know. I don't love Russ and Harden together. I didn't like it in Houston. And like when they played in Houston, they literally had to dump playing a center to make it work. So I'm a little kind of confused how it's going to work with both of them in the starting lineup. I kind of really like this trade. If Powell starts and Harden goes to the bench. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think the Russell Westbrook, James Harden starting thing is more of a symbolic starting thing. But what I really like about it is I feel like if you're the Clippers, you've got your fastball and you've got your changeup and you can play in two very different ways with Russ and with Harden. We were talking, I think we were talking off pod about how Russ has never really played with this level of, of shooting shooting before, which is why he's looked so good early on in the season. And obviously we've seen Harden play with a lot of shooting very successfully. So I, I just think there's there's two different ways you can go. I think Russ is probably like your change of pace, just really crank it up to an 11 on the pace factor. Um, getting up and down the court. And then, you know, James Harden can finally has the opportunity to just be that regular season innings eater. Just raise your ceiling on how many wins during the regular season. Guy that he's been great at being for his entire career. And the pressure of the postseason, it doesn't lie on him anymore. I think... I see what you, I think my problem with this trade is like when you play the Russell Westbrook game, you play the Russell Westbrook game. I think we saw with the Lakers, you know, they put him on the bench. It's not kind of going well. I think part of why Russ has been so rejuvenated is the Clippers are letting Russ be Russ. And that's just not possible when he shares minutes with Harden. So I'm a little worried because even if they do convince one of them to come off the bench, you're still going to have this issue of like, all right, it's a one-point game with five minutes left, and both of them are like, me, 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 me. And I'm like, I don't know. I just don't like the way they fit together because both of them are so ball-dominant. And then I'm a little like, but guys, at the end of the day, we want George and Kawhi getting the touches. Absolutely. But, hey, you've got Ty Lu making those decisions, and I'm a lot more comfortable with that than, I mean, hey, I love Frankie Vogues. Frankie Vogues is my guy. But I'm a lot more comfortable with Ty Lu having the gravitas and the stature to say to his team, look, it's, you know, there's three minutes left in the game. We're playing through PG. We're playing through Kawhi. And really just being able to take one or both of those guys off the court if it's not working. But he's got all the pieces. And I just think that their rotation is very clear. They've got three guards in Russ, Norm Powell, James Harden. And man. And man. Man can swing. Mm -hmm. he, he can be a wing. He can be a guard. But and, and that's the case for really all of their wings in PG, Kawhi, and then um, Terrence Mann. And then you've got the, the big guys. You've got PJ Tucker. You've got Evita Zubac. And you've got Mason Plumlee. You can play in a lot of different ways. You can protect a lead. You can really gun and shoot. I just think there's so many different ways that the Clippers can win. And that's why I think this is the best team in L.A. I think, see, I'm with you on paper. This team is pretty much perfect, right? You've got Plumlee. You've got Zubac. You've kind of got 
a center at all times. You have so much depth with the guards. You've got with Powell. You have shooting. You know, even PJ, I know he doesn't shoot a lot, but it's just another guy to throw out there in a game where you want to have a lot of defenders. Um, I just, it's it's great on paper. I'm I'm just kind of scared how it actually looks when it's like, why is our offense a little stagnant with Russ Harden in a center out there? All right, one of you has to go to the bench. If, if that story about Harden being mopey because he didn't make the All-Star game is true, like, is he going to want to go to the bench? You know, Russ kind of like completely rejuvenated. He's like the heart and soul of the team now. Is, is he going to go to the bench? I don't know. I think this is a team where the off-court dynamics are going to be really important. The off- and I think that's what scares me with this team a lot more than normal. That, that's definitely a valid concern. But hey, we got four LA guys. This is like, it's like a territorial draft in the 1950s and 60s. All these guys are LA guys and they've got something to prove which is why I, I like the roll of the dice because, and we can maybe use this to segue over to the Philly side of this. They didn't give up much. Yeah, Philly didn't give up much. I guess, yeah, I guess we'll talk Clippers more when we talk later. Originally, Patrick and I's you know, idea for the day was like, let's look at the Nuggets and the Celtics, the two undefeated teams that look like they might meet in the finals. So it'll be interesting to see how the Clippers stack up with Denver. But yeah, for the Sixers, me and you were talking about how minute to minute, I feel like this is going to be the same team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they didn't get any guys that are going to be crucial in their rotation uh, other than losing PJ Tucker, but they got like three PJ Tucker proxies. Yeah. So for the Sixers, their lineup is pretty much the same with, you know, the no Harden. It's Maxi, Melton, Tobias, and then it's any one of the three of Morris, Batum, and Roko. It looks like it's going to be Roko. Process, you know, reunite the process. We love the- it. Roko always loved Roko. So then the bench is obviously those two other guys, Ubre, B-Ball Paul, and Patrick Beverly. Um, yeah, I feel like the Sixers haven't really changed from yesterday to today in terms of what they're gonna look like on the court. But yeah, I, I think this was an asset play more than anything. And it seems like they're trying to put together a package for a star. I don't really see the avenue towards that star right now i'm feeling like maybe demar Derozan is that guy if everything out of philadelphia is that they're looking at having max cap space going into um next off season and he's an expiring contract but do, do you think this is one step closer to keeping joel Embiid or one step closer to him leaving i think this is one step closer to keeping Embiid. You know, Maury, the whole thing is like they want to. Sorry. I think this is one step closer to keeping it beat. Maury's whole thing was they were going to make a trade for a future trade. He was pretty open in saying that he pretty much knew he wasn't going to get the star for Harden that he wanted. So what is interesting, though, so you have Tobias and now you have your own pick. You, you have your own picks for a while. The problem is they're like top six protected to the Thunder. So you might have some trouble trading that. But you have now these. Unprotected Clipper picks, which could be worth a lot because the Clippers could be really, really bad after this Kawhi era. Tobias is kind of like the contract salary matching piece. I think Tobias plus all the assets and maybe some of these role guys can kind of help them get the star player. And I think what we've learned from watching the process Sixers from like 2016 to now is the best version of this team is when there was the star wing, Jimmy Butler with the mm-hmm. Because Maxi is a star in his own right at this point. So I don't feel like we need to get another star guard. I think 
replacing Tobias with an actual functional star player is going to be the most important thing. The problem is, I don't know who that guy is. Yeah, yeah, I don't know who that guy is either. I, I said DeRozan just because I, I feel like that kind of lines up with where they are. But there's not, I mean, star wings don't grow on trees, baby. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's like, I think Levine is great, but I think Levine, Levine and Max, he's a little redundant. Yeah, um, it, I me. think you run into the same problems of why Harden and Maxi didn't really work out. You know, it's two like really ball dominant guards that aren't always a guy that you can trust on the defensive end. And then that coupled with Maxi's size, it's not really super tenable of a situation. So, yeah, I'm interested to see if they're able to pull off a big trade. Yeah, so my thought on the Sixers, and this is what I think is interesting, I think this team instantly could be a lot better if Tobias moves to the bench. Really? He's not doing anything offensively that these other guys like Amoris, Batum, or Relko can't do. I think I saw the stat their first game that Ubre scored more that game than Tobias has in like three years. That's insane. So if Tobias isn't being this quasi-all-star, because I think the thing with Tobias, the discourse is finally settled on, he is really good, but he is overpaid. Mm-hmm. Is he really good? Like, what does he do that is really good? He's not a high-movement guy. He's not running off screens, catching, shooting threes off the catch. He's never really been that comfortable shooting off the catch, even now. Um, he's a below-the-rim player, despite his size, attacking the basket. And he likes to kind of post up and hit these little mid-range shots. But it's like, this isn't KD. This is Tobias Harris. I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm at the point now where I'm like, is Tobias actually really good? Is he good? I mean, he's good, but is he... Like, isn't he better suited? He's not a great fit for this roster. For this roster. So isn't he better suited being on the bench where he can be more of, like, Clippers Tobias, getting to be his, you know... That's a super interesting thing. What I kind of liked about this trade is you got, if you're the Sixers, three defensive-minded wings that I think if the best-case scenario for the Sixers this season is they're a super gritty defensive team that can really play in transition when Maxi is handling the ball. And you're right, Tobias doesn't fit really either end of that spectrum. And so I, it's a super interesting idea to start taking Tobias off of the, the starting of the bench. Yeah, I just, I just don't really... I've watched so much Sixers over the years, and I just, I just don't get what he does. Yeah, <laughs> I still don't. I mean, I get it. I've seen it. I know what he does, but it's like I don't really get well what he does really amplifies Maxi and Embiid at all. So after after seeing the Sixers a little bit and having this James Harden clarity, do you think the Sixers are a contender? I think they're one of the top four in the East. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And that that top four for you is Boston, Milwaukee, Miami, and them. Okay. And I, I say that with Miami being one and three. Yeah, yeah. Miami hey. being one in three, already resting Jimmy a game, and Bam already missing a game. But that's 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 the heat, man. That's last, heat culture, last year, baby. They missed a ton of games as well. That's kind of the heat secret sauce. Maybe why they're not so good in the regular season is Jimmy and Bam miss a lot of games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. So I I thought of a we've kind of looked at this um, this trade from both sides by now, and I thought of a little game that we could play. Um, we totally don't have to, but how would you like to do a quick draft until we get to the Clippers of 
top fours in the league. Okay. So you can have the first pick. We're just going to go back and forth and draft our top, our favorite, our, the best top fours in the league. Okay. So for the Clippers, real quick, though. So we're saying their best four players are Russ Hardy, George, and Kawhi. For now, yeah, yeah. But could I do a combo of like Russ Powell, George Kawhi, or Harden Powell, George Kawhi, or does that, or do I have to do that as a foursome? Um, you can, you can any, any way, anyway. your your favorite four Clippers. All right, yeah. Well, however, you know, not, they they fit in the greater scheme of the league. Okay, being on the spot. Wow. Okay, I was. I know. I, I'm completely putting without, James I'm on not, the spot. I'm not ranking these teams in my head. This is just a, a feel a free to pull up. I would rather have I'm a list go. of the of the teams in the league. All right, I'm gonna go Drew Holiday, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Kristaps Porzingis. Okay, that's the number one pick, and that's probably what that's I my number one pick picked as well. Okay, I am going to go Jokic, Murray, Gordon, and. Um, Porter or KCP? I'll go Porter. Porter's looked okay. really good this year. Yeah, I think I would take the Nuggets one too. Um, ooh, ah, do I want to? I don't know if I want to do this, but I'm gonna do this. Give me Steph, Clay, Draymond, and Wiggins. There we go. There we go. Okay, I am gonna take um Dame, Giannis, Brooke, and Chris. Okay. Give me the Clippers. Damn. Okay. Well, the the thing with the Clippers is I actually like the Clippers' talent, just the raw talent of those four guys, mm. more than like the Warriors one. For more example. than the Thunder. Yeah, I, I like it more <laughs> than the Thunder. I'm um, totally but, busting your chops. <laughs> but I just again, it goes back to the I just don't know what it's gonna look like because I've seen mm-hmm. the Houston thing, I've seen the Brooklyn thing with Harden and two superstar wings. But what does that version of Harden and that version of Harden look like? What is I don't know. I'm I'm just, I'm kind of, I don't know where I'm at with the Clippers. Hey, they're, they're breaking my brain. It's Halloween. There was a giant trade. I look, I was looking at the, guess how many trades have been executed on hol- on Halloween day in NBA history? Five. Four. <laughs> I was pretty close. It's pretty close. Yeah. And I think this is the first one since 2008 that's happened. Like this doesn't happen. Yeah, this really doesn't Especially happen. Especially at this size. One more um, top four that I want to shout out are the Suns. We just haven't oh seen my it God, yet. I forgot about the um, Suns. Of Book, Beal, KD, and Nurk, I guess. Or, hey, Josh Sorry, wait, 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 sorry. I, I would definitely take that over the Clippers. Okay, okay. I would, too. I don't know how for I what it's worth. that team. Um, I'm trying to think if, if we're missing anybody. Timberwolves? No. <laughs> Um, Luca Lively and whoever the hell is the other two people? Yeah, <laughs> Heat. You got uh, you got Jimmy Bam Hero and uh, I guess that, that Caleb works. Martin. Yeah, Caleb Martin who hasn't been playing. But yeah. um, Patrick, where do we Cavs go from here? Are the last one. Yeah, the Cavs um, are not. The Cavs are not in that conversation. Well, me. I think the the last question that needs to be asked is, you didn't have the Clippers as a contender preseason. Preseason. Yeah. Do you have them as a contender now? I still don't just because I just don't think Kawhi's going to be healthy. I don't want to I don't wish okay. for Kawhi's downfall. I just he's missed the th- three he's missed the three last playoffs. Yes, I I mean, not the entirety. Like, not the but entirety. Yes, I get games, what you're saying. And then, you know, the Clippers have been resting Kawhi 
the entire time he's been there in LA. The entire Kawhi LA experience has been, we just want you healthy for the playoffs, and he just hasn't been. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But you know what? In my book, they're a contender because you can play this game of like, you got to show it to me. Hey, KD, Book, um, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, these are all guys that have been in and out of these last couple playoffs. And I think the Clippers are going to win way more regular season games. So they're not going to have to do that whole dance through the plan that they've done each of the last three seasons. And I, I just think that their top-end talent, if it's there, it's just as good or better than anyone in the league. I, I'm with you. If you can guarantee health, they're a contender. What is your dream um, healthy Clippers matchup in the playoffs? Ooh, Warriors or Suns. Warriors or Suns? Yeah. Get, that, get it out of here. <laughs> I need Battle oh, LA. No. <laughs> street lights over spotlights the thing with the battle of la is i feel like the clippers take it so seriously like i feel like the clippers yeah. will be like if we could go four and 78 every year but those four wins against the lakers we've had a good year yeah no they, they... <laughs> like, that's how it feels like ever since they got there i imagine about. steve Ballmer just has like a lebron james mural painted above his bed so when he opens his eyes, he's just staring filled at it rage. every single morning filled with rage. And of course, he's in like a dead sweat every <laughs> single night as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like we're going to see a lot of Clippers beating the Lakers in the regular season and then the Lakers somehow having a better record because I feel like that's kind of been that that's, that's the kind of been that's the what's happened. The course yeah, for like a while now. Um, all right. Patrick, do you want to talk about actual basketball or do you want to talk about some Brazilian NBA? <laughs> do you really want to know the answer? Um, no, let's talk about some actual basketball. Oh, okay. Well, I just wanted to say before anyone misses it, there's these Brazilian fan accounts that I guess every team has, and they tweet like actual team accounts. Like they'll tweet like, here's tonight's starting lineup. Here's the injuries. Here's the result of the game. They tweet like very friendly pages. And then they'll post things like the Suns posting um, Booker and Luca kissing. The Mavs are posting Kyrie getting vaccinated. The Timberwolves posted a video of a wolf eating what looked like a, a leopard man. Um, <laughs> the Raptors posted a one of uh, a raptor humping what looked like a dog. Um, hey, this is the AIification of the internet. Yeah, um, and the actual Timberwolves account acknowledged this Brazilian account. I think these Brazilian accounts are getting so much traction from this that we're about to get an entire season's worth of content. I could not be s more excited. This is exactly what Twitter needed to keep it to keep it viable, to keep it yeah. in the game. Um, well, one other non-basketball thing I feel like might be kind of fun to talk about. The in-season tournament starts this week. You're a lot more excited about it than I am. Um, what did you think of all the new courts? Whew. You know, <laughs> I think, like, how are those going to look on TV? It's a lot. Uh, I would just looking at them at first, I would like needed a cigarette to take it all in. Um, they're going to be loud. And the one thing that I don't get is why would you make all of the courts the exact same color as the jerseys? One thing that I noticed about this is the city jerseys match the court designs, which obviously in the past we've had some alternate courts, but this is really kind of going all in. To your point, it is weird that it's going to match the jersey color. We'll see what that looks like on TV. They're going to be like camo. Yeah. On, it's going to be, what's that? 
what's that show where they like yeah, I think it's like an episode of Hannah Montana or something. Anyways, let's keep <laughs> well, it's going. A deep cut. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess the one thing I do like, I guess city jersey in-season tournament is I kind of linked that I guess the city jerseys are are they going to be the official jersey of your in-season tournament team? I guess like I kind of do like that aspect. That's what it seems like and, and I like that too. Generally, I like the idea behind it. Making the games feel as different as possible to regular season games is, I think, a plus, and it's going to make the in-season tournament feel a little bit more special. The look on TV, I'm very interested to see what that's like. One thing that I notice is as all of these city jerseys have been coming out over the last couple of weeks, we've been sending them back and forth, just being like, what? is happening what are this what is going on yeah and i think the like logos of each one actually looks really good on the court yeah the court like the knicks one i the knicks are using this doubled up kind of font where it's like the blue knicks in the front the 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 orange (laughs) knicks in the back and i really don't like their city jersey but it looks great as a court it almost looks like they made the courts and then they were like okay we got to figure out how to make a jersey Do you think to that's match what happened i think, I think that might explains, be what happened i think that explains why the city jerseys are like the, the nba team shot like five out of 30 this year on their city jersey designs there's like five decent ones and 25 just abhorrent ones like the indiana pacers one on the jersey it looks really weird on, on the, the court, court yes the it pacers looks so court, tight the pacers court i really like you know even the like the lakers too they have that you know, the old school triangle with the Lakers is going mm-hmm. up and down the jersey and it just looks terrible. But as a court design, it looked really cool. Yeah, dude, I'm fired up for this in-season tournament thing. I mean, it's built for people like us, people like us that are constantly watching the NBA and are looking for something to get excited for. But I think as we get closer and closer to these knockout rounds, it's it's going to get fun. I really do believe that the players are going to care. And I think they're, they're really going to give their all in these games because nobody wants to get knocked out, you know? They just, these are the most competitive people in the world. I, all right, I'm going to be really curious what the ratings are like because the big problem I think that the NBA is running into for a fan like me who's a multi-sport fan is Going against Thursday night football is a little scary. And is it Thursdays and Tuesdays? Tuesdays and Thursdays. Okay, so Tuesday is a good choice. So this is a good test for the NBA because this Thursday is a Titans-Steelers game. I don't think most NFL fans are not excited about that. So this is going to be a big test for the NBA, like what the ratings look like on these games. Yeah, yeah, it'll be super interesting. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm not optimistic that they're going to. They're going to beat them, but I don't think they're going to beat them. How competitive are you where they need to beat them is the knockout rounds. And I think the the competitiveness of these games leading up to it is where they really need to gain steam. And if if they can't gain steam, then they might be in a little bit of trouble. But we'll see. We'll see. All right. Let's talk some actual basketball. (laughs) Patrick, before the Harden trade, you and I were talking a lot about the Nuggets and the Celtics are looking like the world beater teams. Well, actually, we want to talk about all the undefeated teams, but a lot of them played last night, so we weren't sure who was still going to be undefeated. The Magic lost, um, unsurprisingly. A heartbreaker to the, to the... 
Did you did you see the end of that game? I didn't. I, oh I looked God. at the play by play. I saw LeBron hit like a, a three pointer. Suggs answered, and then D'Lo, and then I got like a, a shot. Shout out Jalen Suggs, man. That guy is just a grinder. He could not fit worse on this Orlando <laughs> Magic team. But that guy is just a winning player. At the at the very end of this game, the Magic were down by three. I can't remember who shot a three, but they missed. Jalen Suggs got the rebound, and it was like everyone on the Lakers just decided that the game was over and were just kind of like mulling around and gave Jalen Suggs enough time to run behind the three-point line and jack up another shot, and it just rimmed out. But I really got to say I enjoy watching that guy play. Yeah, no, I like the Magic. I'm excited to see if the Magic – I mean, obviously, it's a really small sample size. They're 2-1, and one, but I kind of want to see, you know, can they be a 45-win team, 43-win team? Like, I would like to see that for the Magic. They have a lot of talent. But, all right, Nuggets, Celtics, and by the way, there's another undefeated team, Patrick. The Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks. Okay, I hear you. I see you. Um, let me see you beat a real team <laughs> and not like right at the end of the game. But Luka Doncic has looked like an absolute, absolute killer. MVP killer. Yeah. Like he has looked amazing in these first. Yeah, games. we're not going to spend too much time on the Mavs. We've talked about them a lot. So do you want to start with the Nuggets or the Celtics? Um, let's let's start with the, the Celtics. OK. Um, so. I wasn't. A, I did decided not to watch Celtics Wizards. There's a lot of options last night. You know, there was Heat Bucks, there was Pelicans Warriors. There was a lot of games, and uh, the Celtics just thoroughly dominated the Wizards. The moment I knew I wasn't going to watch that game was when Jordan Poole declared to the world that uh, he's not a serious person when he tried to nonchalantly shoot a three over Porzingis when his half his team is on the other side of the court. Um, hey, for his just to have his back a little bit, I don't think he even knew that Porzingis was there. He. Had de- he decided when he was looking at the other basket that he was going to shoot a three there. I think we should just not allow Wizards games to affect your team stats. Like the Celtics, <laughs> the Celtics get a win. The Celtics, the, the Celtics get a win. Get a win. They deserve the win. But like and the way it affects net rating or anything like that, I just don't think it should count. Yeah, I, th- <laughs> I think Jalen Brown would have a little bit of a problem with that after he scored 27 <laughs> points in the first half. Oh, yeah, no, we got to take those points away from Jalen. Like, everyone just gets a zero on the box score. Yeah. But they get a win. Um, no, all right, the Celtics. Let's talk about I'm, – I'm going to focus in on the real game they played, which is the game against the Heat. It's a really interesting game. It's a team, obviously, that's given them a ton of problems over the last four seasons. Um, when it was, like, you know, crunch time, this team really locked down. They did give up a lot of free throws, but – what was so different from watching this team, the Nuggets, is the Celtics come down. There's like five minutes left in the game, and every possession on offense, they're doing something different. It's a Derek, you know, it's a Brown, sorry, it's a Derek White, Jason Tatum pick and roll. Then it's like a Jason Tatum ISO. Then it's a Brown ISO. Then it's like a Holiday Porzingis pick and roll. And it's like every time down, they're throwing a different look at the, the defense, which like throughout the course of the game, I was kind of like, it kind of seems like the Celtics need to have that like one thing they kind of go back to. Yes. But then like, you know, as I'm watching it, I'm like, it looks kind of messy, but they scored and they scored again. And all of a sudden it's like their score just kind of kept going up and up and up at a rate that was higher than the heat score going up. And that's kind of how you win basketball games. Yeah, my my takeaway was was very similar is we're, we're talking about both the Nuggets and the Celtics right now. And the Nuggets fastball, their go to is that Murray Jokic two man game. If anything ever gets bogged down, that's what they go back to. 
And the Celtics don't have something like that yet. I don't think they've, they haven't quite figured out the Tatum, Porzingis pick and roll, but their team is just so dangerous. One through five, these guys can all, they can all kill you in complete ISO, which I don't think there's any other teams in the league that you can say that. One, one interesting thing that I found is in the, these stats are as of um, yesterday before the games that were played. The Nuggets are second in assists per game, and the Celtics are 29th. I, that, I don't think anything more clearly illustrates what kind of teams these are. And I think what makes the Celtics really, really special is not only their isolation ability on offense, but their isolation ability on defense. Each one of these guys, one through five, one through four can switch one through four. And then one through five, if they're all just playing straight up, can lock the opponent down on defense. And I haven't really seen a team with the ability to to do that. Yeah, I think my big takeaway from the Celtics is the offense is good. It's really varied. What really is going to make this team go is the defense. There's one play that really stuck out to me. Um, Jimmy has the ball on the left wing. Bam kind of sets the screen, like a half screen. And Porzingis and Tatum are kind of like guarding up on Jimmy. And Bam and Jimmy realize like, oh, wait a second. Porzingis is so high up, Bam, that you could just roll to the basket right now. And so right when Bam starts to do that, Porzingis and Tatum just flare their arms up. And Jimmy's like, well, Bam's wide open under the rim, but I can't get him the ball. And they're not even, they're closer to me than him. And I think this, this length thing too, because Tatum is a big guy. Porzingis obviously is kind of like the OG Wemby. He's mm-hmm. over seven feet tall. He's lanky. Um... Their defense is crazy. Just there's so many arms everywhere. Brown, um, Holiday, you know. And I think, like, what's crazy, too, is, like, Derek White had two chase down blocks on Jimmy Butler in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Derek White is, is just, just an absolute problem. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I think I've mixed up Derek White and Jalen Brown, like, four times already in this Celtics discussion. Yeah, the Celtics, they do look a little like they need to get it together. But I think the thing is, we are, what, three games into the season? I imagine this team looks way more fluid by the end of the season, which makes them really scary. Absolutely. One, one thing that I, I want to point out for the Celtics and why I'm super high on them as a playoff team currently is throughout their first three games, they had seven instances of a player scoring 10 or more more points in a quarter. The Nuggets had three instances of it. They were all by Jokic. For the Celtics, seven instances, it was by four different players. They have a bunch of players who can just take over a quarter. And in the playoffs, taking over a quarter can you win you a full game in a series. And that, that changes the series. Yeah, I think... Yeah, the, the Celtics, to me, are right now the definite favorites in the East. The one thing that does scare me a little bit for them is that first quarter of that Heat game. Obviously, first quarter is a little bit more nonchalant. Tyler Hero just completely eviscerated them. And even in that fourth quarter, the Heat were still able to get a lot of good looks from three. Um, Porzingis, I think, is a really good defender. I talked about that play earlier where he pretty much just shut down an open layup pass. But, like, Bam was not afraid to go at him. I think that's the thing is guys aren't. It's one of those weird things with big men is sometimes guys just aren't afraid of these guys, which like in itself is a, is kind of bad because it does result in like him picking up a foul, the other team getting free throws. But as it stands right now, 
The Bucks have been super topsy turvy. The Heat are one and three, and the Sixers are the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah. So the Celtics are definitely my favorite in the East right now. I love this team. Uh, I do want to play Jalen Brown left hand real quick, just because it's a fun <laughs> thing to track. I was tracking it. His first like four possessions, he just instantly gets to his right hand, only wants to shoot with his right hand. Um, there's a play. It's actually one of the Derek White blocks on Jimmy. It comes because Jalen Brown is isoing on Butler. He gets to his right hand. So Butler and Bam are like, oh, he's going to pull up at the elbow. Bam comes out of nowhere and just annihilates the shot because they know exactly yeah, where he's exactly going to shoot from, going to. Um, which is actually what leads to the fast break. But another fun one, me and you have been lamenting Doris Burke. Um, oh. She's been awful as a commentator. This is one of my favorites. Jalen Brown isolates on one of the Heat's backup players. Three left, like three left-hand dribbles into a left-hand layup. Pretty much all left-hand. Doris Burke goes, he can't dribble with his left, but he can shoot it. Doris, the whole drive was left-hand dribbles, but... It doesn't matter. She just has like six <laughs> she buttons has her talking of, point. of things that she says. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think you really hit the nail on the head there. And because the Celtics aren't a perfect team as much as we're like praising them right yeah. now. Because not only in that Heat game did they let the Heat back into the game when I think they really could have put them away in the first half, but they did the exact same thing against the Knicks. And I think that's really a case of them falling in love with the three-point shot. They love, love, love to take contested catch-and-shoot threes. Yeah, I think one thing that I think the thing with this team is there's a lot of discussion that first game was like, is Brown not involved enough? And I think the thing with Brown and why he's so important to the Celtics is unlike Tatum, he is like, I'm going to put my head down and I'm going to get to the rim. And they really need that because Tatum still is a little too finessey when he drives to the basket. I feel I, I like would... he's not trying to draw contact enough. I feel like he is trying to kind of go around guys. I feel like they, he if Tatum could kind of get more of that, that would really help them. Now that they have a real point guard in Drew Holiday, I would just love to see them get Tatum easier shots. Like, the from what I saw, the Celtics are not a team that is, like, really concerned with, with cutting and, and finding easy shots through cutting. And I think if they can work that into their offense, that's when they can really take a step up into, like, this is an elite offense that we really don't have answers for. Yeah, I think that's that's my thing with the Celtics, kind of going back to, like, I'm watching it. It looks ugly, but they keep scoring. Yeah. And that's just the talent. Yeah, that's the talent right there. Um, let's talk about a team who plays beautiful basketball. The that's beautiful game. So this is the big thing for the Nuggets with me. I'm watching the Nuggets game. The game I'm really focusing on is their game against the Grizzlies because it ended up being a pretty close game. Because for me, I want to see what does this team look like in crunch time? What does it look like when the other team is really like, we have five minutes left, we are playing our hardest, we're locked in. Um, early in the game, the Nuggets are really kind of getting everybody involved other than Murray and Jokic. And I think that's one of the secret sauce to why they're going to be such a great regular season team is everyone on this team feels involved. But fast forwarding to 98-97, Grizzlies are up one. This is when the Nuggets go, okay, we're just going to spam the secret sauce. Jamal Murray, Jokic pick and roll leads to a wide open Jokic three. Next possession down. Jamal Murray, Jokic pick and roll. Murray shakes, gets a switch, shakes, wide open three for himself. He makes it. They've scored six straight points. Next possession down. They run the pick and roll again. Memphis switches it. So Murray takes the big off the dribble. He misses it, but because Jokic is now being guarded by Smart, he gets the offensive rebound and scores. That's eight straight points on three possessions. Two plays later, they run an, 
a Jokic Murray handoff that gets like literally three people wide open. They actually didn't end up scoring on that play because Murray turned it over. But like, it's just that one action is just unstoppable. Yeah, I mean, it puts your defense in such a state of panic. And I mean, the they just fit so well together. <clears throat> they really don't even, they can't even hold a candle to the amount of talent that Boston has, in my opinion. I think they have the clear best player. But then after that, I don't know, it, like, I don't know where you would rank uh, Murray on that. But, ooh. You want to do a quick one more draft? You want to do a Celtics Nuggets draft? Celtics Nuggets draft? All right, yeah, you yeah. go first. Okay, I'll take Jokic. I'll take Tatum. I will take Drew Holiday. Oh, I'll take Jamal Murray. Okay. I would have taken there him third. You would have taken him third? Yeah, I just, I like uh, Holiday's positional ver- versatility. I mean, like, you can split hairs there. But then after that, I think. I think I've taken Aaron Gordon. Whoa. He has been so good this oh year. My. He has progressed as a passer so much. And he just really, I, 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 other than Jokic, I, this season, I have been so impressed with how Aaron Gordon can now just punish switches and, and oh, really yeah. use his size to create mismatches, to put opposing teams in foul trouble. I'm going to take Porzingis. There we go. Damn, Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown's really good. I, I, that entire time, I was like, Brown or Porzingis, Brown or Porzingis. But I think Porzingis is the better player at the moment. I agree with you. I agree with you. And I think if Kristaps Porzingis, if everyone plays to their assumed level and Kristaps Porzingis is the second best player on the Boston Celtics, the Boston Celtics might be winning the championship. Yeah. Okay, we'll we'll end that draft. Okay, um, but not to direct. Um, I think the thing with the Nuggets that again talking about Gordon and Jokic, it, Gordon and Jokic are just so so strong. I was watching their game against the Thunder, and like the ball goes up, Chen Holmgren goes to box out Jokic. Jokic like half heartedly just starts walking toward the hoop as if Chet's not boxing him out and is just moving him. Yeah, <laughs> like, Aaron Gordon is just like bulldozing people. But the thing is, it's not like they're like lowering their shoulder like a battering ram and going like. These guys are just moving guys out of the way by just kind of moving their own bodies because they're just that strong. Um, the Nuggets just do everything, like all the little things right. Yeah. It's rebounding. Like- their rebounding to start this year has been insane. Shout out to Michael Porter Jr., who's averaging eight rebounds a game. If he can do that over the course of an entire season, that completely changes, I, I think, this Nuggets team into like, Obviously, they're a great half-court team already, but having those second-chance opportunities, being able to push in transition, not only with Jokic and Gordon, who are getting a lot of rebounds with, with Porter Jr. as well, it like it just adds a whole other layer to their offense. Yeah, I think one thing... Well, Porter Jr. is a hilarious player. I had to note this because it's too funny. Michael Porter Jr. is running up the court on a transition. He's looking at Jokic on the left side. The entire possession, he's staring at Jokic. Jokic is just pointing across the court like, hey, Jamal Murray is wide open. And Porter Jr. just never whips his head around. And then it like it devolves into a normal half-court possession. And I'm like, I, Jokic is telling you how to play the game. And you're not doing it. Yeah. But one thing I do like about Porter, and you can really see it in his body language on a lot of these Nuggets possessions, is like he really cares. Oh, just, it's like It's one of those small things that you know I feel like you don't 
obviously NBA players care, but it's like he gives up a layup. He's like, he's frustrated. You can tell he is really trying to take that next step. I think he doesn't quite have the, you know, basketball vision on all that to really be that kind of next level player. But I really like that this Nuggets team, I, I know everyone jokes that Jokic doesn't give a shit, but. Which at is least, just such a tired yeah, narrative. narrative. I know he doesn't show it, but it, Jokic, just, the other four guys on the court give a lot of shits. Absolutely. Every night, and I don't know, the Nuggets, they're still my favorite. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, I think they, they should be the favorite for that very reason. And they're at this point, their starting five is scoring so much that I think a lot of people, including myself, were really concerned trolling their bench coming into the season. Well, I love Christian Braun. I, I love Christian Braun. Peyton Watson has been yeah, awesome. He's been great too. And just looks huge on the court. But when you're when you're starting five is scoring at the rate that they're scoring and they're playing as well as they're playing. You don't have to have Bruce Brown and Jeff Green filling it up. Like their roles become so simple, especially in the regular season. Um, I, I think the Nuggets have definitely solidified themselves as the team to beat in the West. It, it, even if I, they, for what it's worth, they probably already had solidified themselves, but we had concerns and I think they've answered them thus far through the season. Yeah, I think as long as Murray and Jokic stay healthy, I mean, the sky's the limit. Murray is just Murray's so good, man. Murray's so he's, good. He's, I, I wish he would. Is like he just has be, this ability to score off of angles. Like I, I think what is like really cool about Murray too is like everyone's kind of been doing the like us included. It's like this is Murray's year to really become a twenty-five point per game guy. But I think what's what's so cool about Murray is like he's a team guy. He is like Murray could easily be a 25 point per game guy. The Nuggets could easily be running Murray Jokic pick and rolls the whole 48 minutes, but they don't really do it until they need to because they're trying to get everybody involved. And I think that is really like, like I said, earlier, it's the secret sauce to like everyone's motivated all the time because everyone on this team knows they're going to be involved. That's mile high basketball, baby. <laughs> That's Denver basketball, baby. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the Nuggets. Um, I guess. Is it time for best take, worst take? I think it's time for best take, worst take. All right. So this is our weekly segment. We go over the best sports takes of the week, the worst sports takes of the week, well, basketball takes. And once a month, we take up all the worst takes of the month, and we nominate the worst take of the month. At the end of the season, we will nominate, actually crown, the winner of the worst take of the year. Um, I'm just going to revisit the worst takes that we have that have won the previous two weeks before we get to before we get to everything. Sounds good. Sounds good. So the worst take of the first week was Terrence Mann, who said the Clippers would have won the 2020 championship if it was not in the bubble. It's a bad take. Rough take. If Rough you can't take. handle the bubble, you can't handle playoff basketball. That's right. Um, and, and Kawhi, Kawhi's getting hurt left and right. right. He had yeah. three also, months off. Also, yeah, Jokic. We've seen yeah. what Jokic is now. He beat you guys fair and square. All right. Last week, the worst hit, Kenyon Martin, who said Kyrie, real basketball people know. Real Kyrie, basketball people. Kyrie Irving is the best player on the Mavericks over Luka Doncic. Um, and abhorrently bad takes. So, but before, you know, we, uh, we nominate our worst takes to go against those, we're going to just quickly go over through the best takes. Let's go through some best takes. What was the best take of the week? We've had, a, we've had a week of NBA basketball now. What was the great take you've seen? My best take of the week is going out to the NBA scheduling team. Oh. They scheduled on October 29th LeBron James and the Lakers to play 
at Sacramento exactly 20 years after LeBron's debut game where with the Cavs, where he played against the Kings. I just absolutely love this. When, when a league has a chance to really celebrate a unique history, like this might not ever happen again. With modern medicine, maybe it becomes commonplace, but for a, a team to be able to, a, a league to be able to celebrate one of its best players in a very, very unique accomplishment of being relevant for 20 years, the, the Kings, if you didn't see the Kings gifted LeBron James a bottle of wine, some Nikes, and a framed photo from his NBA debut, it just, I don't know, it's a little thing that made my heart flutter. I thought it was a super great call. Would have been an easy thing not to do, but you know what? The NBA did it, and I think that was a win, and that was my best take of the week. Did you see the LeBron tomahawk dunk with like the exact same framing that the rookie LeBron did? He is so crazy. Yeah. I love LeBron. You're the, you're I the best, dude. I, I'm going to be sad. when I, it, it was kind of crazy, a little off, off tangent, but my mom just moved back to California. She's been out of the, the, the state for like six years. And when she lived here, when she was with me and my brother, we watched a lot of Clippers games together. She was a Clipper fan. We are talking about Blake Griffin. And I was like, yeah, he's, Blake's not on a team anymore. I guess he's kind of retired in that sense. You know, he played, you know, from 09 to 2022. What's crazy is LeBron is still going, and he started like seven years before Blake. <laughs> Le- still better. I think everyone, myself included, got a little tired of like year eighteen, year yeah. nineteen, year twenty. But guys, we're on. What is it? Twenty one now. Twenty one. Year twenty one. I know people are just sick of the LeBron like year twenty one, but what he's doing is just there's nothing like it. Like if you no. ever look at those stats where it's like players at this age to do this it's like it'll be like lebron 500 points vince carter four well (laughs) i saw a crazy stat like for a player in their 21st season lebron had to beat like seven points per game to have like the most points per game for a player in his 21st year and he's probably averaging like 21 right now yeah Yeah. because he's just a freak and he's amazing and i mean just like, don't take it for granted. LeBron is such a gift to be able to watch and, like, just enjoy it because it's not going to last forever. And we might never get a player again like this. Yeah, I still feel like as athletic as Zion is with the, you know, gravitational ability to jump 30 feet in the air at his weight, I still feel like LeBron is the most inspiring athlete I've ever watched. Just oh. in terms of the speed in which he's coming down the court, like, the power and then the IQ and everything about it is just we we just there hasn't been a player like him. No, no. I mean, and with Zion, you can already see it going down. Like, yeah, he. This is not Duke Zion anymore, and he had some crazy plays over the first week of the season. But like to compare it to LeBron's athleticism and which I think just went up with his first what ten years in the league. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it, special. Yeah. Um. Well, my best take is going to go to the current best player in the world, Nikola Jokic, referring to Chet Holmgren, <laughs> said, I think he needs to be a little fatter, to be honest. Um, yeah, Chet Holmgren is a toothpick right now. And he is. He a is. I'm, this is not to diminish Chet. Chet has been so freaking good. Even in that Thunder game where they just got waxed by the Nuggets and all the Thunder games, he's hitting threes. He's hitting threes off the dribble. 
He's got a nice two-man game with Shea. Like, I have been really, really impressed with Chet. And it's crazy because, like, you see him on the TV. And obviously, your TV screen is measured in, like, you know, 1920 pixels. I think Chet's wrist takes up, like, five pixels. It's so small. <laughs> His arms are so thin. And I'm kind of like, maybe he should just start eating really bad, like, just to gain some weight. Because, again, we talked about it earlier. Jokic literally, like, is getting boxed out, but just acted like Chet wasn't there and just started moving toward the rim. And Chet's, like, like crumpling under the pressure of Jokic moving his feet. <laughs> like, yeah, Jokic is at least, like, three Chets wide. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Chet has been absolutely balling. I, I'm sure, like, part of why he's good, able to get these spin moves off, doing all that is because of his, you know, thinner frame but yeah he needs to gain some weight yeah yeah he does like, i and you know what i like how Jokic put it because a lot of the times people are like they give they at least at the beginning of his career they gave Jokic so much flack for, for being, being fat, fat. Yeah. but you know what if he wasn't fat he wouldn't be the player that he is so there you go do it for all of our husky kings out there <laughs> retake that that term fat Jokic and say yeah Chet needs to get a little fatter if he wants to be the goat yeah like Chet me. if you want to hop on we can do a mukbang episode of foul trouble I think yeah there we go fun. whatever you want to eat we're down bro um <laughs> all right Patrick what is your worst take all right <clears throat> my worst take Clay Travis oh boy this said, is gonna be bad I'll put a million dollars on the line your NBA WNBA championship team against a 2024 high school boys state championship team of my choice. You guys win. You get a million bucks of my money. If my team wins, you all pay me a million, and I give it all the boys high school team. He said a boys. A boys high school state championship. State championship team. So, so the WNBA team could beat any of the 50 state championship teams. Yeah. Like. First of all, exactly. There, there's no way the Las Vegas Aces are losing to a boys' state championship team. But to a greater sense, like, what is this take? Like, <laughs> it is just completely reductive, even if a WNBA team were to lose to a state championship high school basketball team, if it had, like, a young LeBron James or a young Shaq. Who cares? Like, the WNBA is its own thing. It is entertainment, and it, it exists in its own world. If you don't like it, Clay Travis, you don't have to yuck everybody else's yum, okay? Like, it, just get out of here with these takes because it's doing nothing for anyone. You just need a spotlight on yourself, so here you go. I'm giving it to you. Your take sucks. And it like is just doing nothing for anyone. Yeah. I, yeah. That is one of like, I, I'm like, obviously I'm not watching, you know, Fox sports news or Fox news, Fox sports, whatever. I don't even know where he works anymore. Like, like Fox, your pregame NFL coverage, NFL on Fox chef's kiss way yeah. better than CBS. When I see Terry and Strahan and Howie, I, I, warmth fills me every Sunday morning. I love it. It's, it's the best. Um, but yeah, what what like what what even brings that up? Like yeah. what brings that up halfway through football season, one week into the NBA season? You know, we have the World Series going on, hockey just started. Like the Aces won their championship like a week or two ago. Like the exactly. NBA's off season time. The, the WNBA's <laughs> off season time. And 
Like, this is the time to get into to women's basketball. This women's college basketball season is going to be so exciting. I know we've been talking about it yeah. a lot. The Caitlin Clark versus the world. LSU has this absolute super team. Paige Buchers is coming back. Paige Buchers is coming back. Like, instead of, like, talking down about these women who, let me tell you, are better than, are, like, three times better than you will ever be at anything, like, why don't we just celebrate it and get excited about another sport? Yeah, I think, like, there's definitely a discussion to be had about ways to make the WNBA more exciting but to your point like there's like what even like I'm just confused what like what was the segment that made this discussion begin on that show yeah it, it was a tweet um but like the other thing that you got to think about is the WNBA is what 25 years old yeah I bet a high school basketball team state championship team would beat the NBA winner 25 years into the existence of the NBA as well. Like this is a league very early on in its life cycle. And we're finally hitting a, a groove. Like this aces team was awesome. This li that Liberty team that they beat in the finals was awesome. Like just enjoy it. Like, and if you don't like it, don't yuck everybody else's yum. Go away. Well, my worst take, um, not as uh, broad of a discussion. Willie Green, coach of the Pelicans. <laughs> I almost picked this. <laughs> Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson are the best duo in the NBA. I know we did our foursome draft. <laughs> Where do these guys rank in your duo draft? I, I don't know. Are they? I don't like, know if they're like. I think they're like around tenth. If I were to just guess, they're definitely not the best in the West. <laughs> yeah, I think there's like six duos in the West. I'd rather have. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, hey, Willie, love you. Love what you did for the Suns. I think you're a great coach and, and you got to say this, but it's, you know, it's not true. You right? know, it's not true because they played their third game of the season yesterday and Brandon Ingram is already out. What, what is, what, it's game three. Uh, what happened to you, Brandon? Like, I, you know, Brandon Ingram is actually incredibly lucky that he's on Zion's team because. He misses a lot of games, and I've heard behind like the scenes, there's been a lot of reporting that other players in the locker room are like, "Dude, you're fine." Ooh, have you seen that? No. There's well, he's like one of those guys that misses like two games here, three yeah. games here, and there was like an article that came out last year where like guys were like, "Bro, you stub your toe, you're fine." Like fucking play. Yeah, that's that's a pretty rough take, and it's just like not true at all. But um, I get it. Like you gotta say it, but. Yeah, it's not even close to being true. Yeah. All right. So between our two worst takes today, Patrick. Hmm. So I, I'm a little I, I'm very confident in my take that I brought to the table being the worst take. But also, I don't want to give it any more time on our show because I don't think Clay Travis is worth <laughs> worth giving any more time. Well, here's my problem with both of our takes. I don't think either stands a chance against one of the takes from the previous two weeks. I, I definitely <laughs> wouldn't vote for either one. Should we just go ahead and, and for the pick, month? We'll just blow them pick our favorite one for the month? Yeah, I think Kenyon Martins is by far the worst of the month. Um, Let's see. Yeah, yeah, it, I it's, agree. It's the, you know, it's the Kyrie over Luka, sure. But when you preface it with real basketball people know, 
And then Luka Doncic proceeds to just absolutely dominate while Kyrie Irving misses time again. Third game of the season? And you... <laughs> I don't understand how, how many players have missed the third game of the season. Jimmy, Bam, Kyrie, Brandon Ingram, Clay Thompson. Like, NBA, we need to fix this. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> I... Yeah. Dude, I don't even know. I mean... So from Terrence Mann's perspective, I can see like he's a competitive guy. Yeah. He's a clipper through and through. I can see how he can delude himself into believing that the Clippers should have won. But which is why I'm going with Kenyon Martin for the <laughs> worst take, because there is no how can you watch the Mavericks and say, yep, Kyrie Irving, that's that's the best player on this team. That is the engine that fires this team of yeah, very like, I'm, questionable I'm so players confused. to a three and zero start. Like, it's like, I think Kyrie Irving is an incredible basketball player. Luka Doncic is if like, if anything, I think he's been the second best player in the world through three games so far. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree. And that is why Kenyon Martin is, is the first ever worst take of the month. <laughs> Congratulations, sir. I hope that you have room in your trophy case. We will be sending you a nice certificate. Actually, we won't be. Well, well, Patrick, you know, while you wax poetic about making fun of Kenyon, don't forget, he's a real basketball person. That's true. That's true. Hey, I don't claim to be a real basketball person. (laughs) You're a fraudulent basketball person. I am a fraud, and I know that, and I wear that as a badge of honor. Um, but apparently I watch more basketball than you do because at least I know that Luka Doncic is the best player on the Mavericks. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, that is today's Foul Trouble. I hope you guys enjoyed. Thank you guys for watching the show. This was our fifth episode. Fifth episode. Have a happy Halloween. Be safe out there. You and got any Halloween? Halloween? I don't even know things to oh, end in the pod. I think. Oh, all right. I, I, I'll come clean. Okay. I think I'm going to be a very bad person this Halloween. I think I'm going to... You're going to, like, murder people? No, no, no. <laughs> I think I'm going to make my mom deal with all the trick-or-treaters as I sit upstairs and maybe watch basketball or play some video games. Or hey, moms love, moms love trick-or-treaters. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just don't want kids knowing where I live. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I get that. And, and I got to shout out my guy right here. He is letting his mother stay with him on halloween so it's not all bad things yeah but i i think i think that's all we got for today that's all we got for today hope you guys enjoyed peace happy halloween